Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll be speaking with Mark Vintner. He is a senior economist at Wells Fargo Securities. The topic, of course, the U.S. economy and what it means for your investments. We've got more that's coming up. Right now, we've got more from Charlie Pellet. He is in the Bloomberg Newsroom with the Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you very much, Pim Fox. We are looking at a down day here off our session lows, but the Dow, the S&P, and NASDAQ, they are all declining right now. The S&P 500 index down 10 points at 2137, a drop there of 5 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ is down 13, a drop of 3 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials down 91, a decline of 5 tenths of 1%. Investors are awaiting next week's Federal Reserve meeting with economic indicators pointing to uneven growth in the U.S. economy. Next Wednesday, of course, we do get the Fed decision. There's also a closely watched Bank of Japan meeting at which it will issue a monetary policy statement. Abraham Rabari is an economist at Citigroup Global Markets, and he was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. Even when we think about helicopter money, there has, of course, been a gradual move towards a much bigger monetary support for allowing at least... Uh, fiscal deficits to remain very large, even if they are not expanding in, in, in most countries. So again, I think we're talking about gradual changes, uh, but nevertheless, those gradual changes over time can be quite significant, and I think they could well be significant in the way that they would, they would end up allowing for a bigger fiscal stimulus than we've seen to date. Banks and energy producers carrying the steepest losses today. Crude oil sinking to a one-month low. West Texas Intermediate down 1.9%, 43.08 for a barrel of WTI. Brent is also down by 1.9%. Sentiment souring on lenders as Deutsche Bank sparks a sell-off in European banks after it rebuffed the Department of Justice offer to settle a financial crisis-related probe for $14 billion. Shares of Deutsche Bank, they're plunging today by 9.5%. Gold down 620 the ounce, declining 5 tenths of 1%. The 10-year down 330 seconds, the yield 1.70%. S&P 500 index down 10, a drop there of 5 tenths of 1%. 232 on Wall Street. Now, let's take a look at some of the other stories making news from around the world. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Scarlett Fu. Speaking at the Black Women's Agenda Symposium today, Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton told the audience why she chose to get into the presidential race. I would not have run again for president. I would not deal with all the incoming brickbats that are hurled my way if I did not in my heart believe with every fiber of my being that together we can build a future where, yes, love trumps hate. He's not a whistleblower. That's what a new congressional report is saying about National Security Agency leaker Edward Snowden. Bloomberg's Nathan Hager has more. The report is signed by every member of the House Intelligence Committee, Republicans and Democrats alike. It calls Snowden a serial exaggerator and fabricator and says instead of using legal avenues to express his qualms about U.S. intelligence activities, he stole one and a half million classified documents from NSA networks. The report urges President Obama not to pardon Snowden. His attorney is blasting the report, calling Snowden a genuine American hero. It comes as the new Oliver Stone-directed movie about the leaker premieres in theaters today. Nathan Hager, Bloomberg Radio. 
A New York City museum is offering visitors a chance to sit on a golden throne as part of his America exhibit at the Guggenheim Museum. Italian artist Maurizio Catalan replaced the toilet in the museum's fourth-floor restroom with a fully functional replica cast in 18-karat gold. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Scarlett Fu. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping equities lower with the S&P 500 index down 10, a drop there of five-tenths of 1%. And this update brought to you by ETF Exchange, BNY Mellon's ETF Symposium, September 19th to the 21st in Dana Point, California. A must-attend for RIAs. Space is limited. Register at bnymellon.com slash ETF. I'm Charlie Peloton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Matt Miller here, standing in for Kathleen today. Uh, glad to join Pim Fox and really excited to introduce our next guest. Mark Vintner joins us. He is a senior economist at Wells Fargo Securities uh, and great to have on a day when we got so much data out that, well, a data-dependent Fed. Are they even listening? Mark Vintner Thanks so much for your time today. Um, it seems that every measure of inflation you look at, with the exception of the Fed's preferred core PCE, is getting up to 2% or above. I mean, five-year, five-year forwards are at one and three quarters. The CPI numbers we got today, X food and energy, 2.3%, better than the street was looking for. Is Are we starting to see a real pickup in inflation, Mark? It sure feels that way. If you look at the uh, the the, the Dallas Fed's trim mean, or the Cleveland Fed and the Cleveland Fed's measure, the Atlanta Fed's measure of wages, uh, everything seems to be firming up. I mean, it's um, it's not quite where you would think we would be given this far into a business cycle and and with the unemployment rate down to five percent, but it's moving in that direction, and it's certainly inconsistent with uh, with a funds rate near zero, but. Raising it is awfully difficult. Well, Mark, in that context, do you think that the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates this year? I think so. I think they'll raise rates in December. Uh, it, it, um, it, it's, it's, it's going, always a tough call for them because when, when the economy is growing just at, a, at a, just a 2% rate when things are great, um, it makes it awfully tough to raise interest rates when everything's right. And then when something goes wrong, and, and a lot of things have gone wrong, uh, from Brexit to the, the, the continued weakness in, in Europe and, and some, some fairly quirky or weak economic numbers here in the U.S., it makes it next to, next to impossible for them to raise rates. So it, 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 there, there's really no justification to do it in September because we've had uh, some very weak numbers right now. I, I like to kind of say that it's uh, the, the Fed says they're data dependent, but the data haven't been dependable. Well, but wait, aren't they? I thought inflation, like price stability and uh, the labor market, were the two things that they had to worry about the most. Do they have actually other mandates? Well, that's their their primary mission, and and I guess the, the third leg of the stool was um, to maintain low interest rates. Although that was long been forgotten because rates are so low. But uh, the problem is, how do you normalize interest rates without? Uh, unleashing havoc in the global financial markets. Well, and it's very hard to do when when the global economy is barely growing, and the U.S. economy is 
has only averaged one percent growth over the last three quarters. So, but Mark, let me—I mean, I, I was talking to Mark Fields the other day from the Ford Motor Company, and he said um, his company is well prepared for a raise in rates. That he wants to see, obviously, a slow and shallow trajectory, but um, a quarter point. 50 basis points, no problem. And they're obviously reliant on a com- consumer that needs credit to sell products. So if he's ready, um, then the Fed's uh, only holding back what? You're saying to do a favor to other countries who would be unhappy if they raised rates? No, I, I don't think it's a favor to other countries. I think that um, the, the Fed's feeling is you know, we, we, have to, we have to pick our battles and, and uh, let's not – Let's not raise rates at a time where we're, we're going to unleash havoc in, in, the, in, the, in the global financial markets. And raising rates in September might do that, particularly following those weak ISM reports. Uh, we've, and then we had the, the weak reports from, from the Philly Fed and the uh, New York Fed yesterday, uh, the decline in industrial production. Uh, raising interest rates in that environment is totally inconsistent with everything we've seen in the history of of the Fed. I mean, I just can't see, I can't see how they how they would do it in September. The next meeting is in November. They're not going to raise rates a week before the presidential elections. So that that leaves it in December, which we do expect them to to raise rates by a quarter of a point then. But they're not. But it's not a political thing, right? Because didn't we hear from Neil Kashkari that the Fed takes absolutely no political uh, uh, thought into its decision making? Well, you know, they they take absolutely no political thought into their political decision making. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my thinking on it. I mean, yeah, they they try to be they try to be non-political by being you know by being political. I mean, you can't separate the two. And, and there is some precedent for doing something as late as September, but but unfortunately, I think that the data just doesn't just just doesn't make the case for it. And when they, when it comes to making a decision on rates, they have to weigh. Uh, the risk of, of making a mistake uh, in keeping rates where they are versus versus raising them, and at this point, the, the risk of raising interest rates far outweigh the risk of waiting until December. So I, I think it's a it's a fairly easy call right now. In terms of, the, of politics, I think it really just comes down to: Do we really want to interject ourselves into this political debate? We're getting ready to go through a series of three presidential debates. Do we want them to talk about the Fed at all? It'd be best if we just laid low, and that's that's essentially what they do. All right, Mark Vittner, he is senior economist at Wells Fargo Securities, talking about rates. Well, taking a look at the ten-year, it is down two thirty seconds. The yield one point six nine percent. The thirty-year going in the other direction. They're buyers up eight thirty seconds, two point four four percent. You're listening to Taking Stock. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Benzel Bush Motor Car in Englewood, New Jersey, offering a commitment to service, luxury, and value with total transparency from America's premier automotive dealership. Define the way you drive at BenzelBush.com.